This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, we got a good show for you this week. Scott was back and we talked about Spider-Man Far From Home. We also talked about some of the stuff that came out at uh, San Diego Comic-Con over the weekend. But I wanted to take a minute before the show starts to let you know, you guys know that uh, this episode had almost no editing. The reason for that is that this weekend, even as we speak, if you're listening on Saturday, uh, I'm going to be at the Hoover Sci-Fi Festival talking about geeky stuff and playing some game shows and things like that. So I just didn't have time to go back through the entire show and delete out all the pauses and things like that. So you'll probably hear me say something about running out of time, which isn't normal, but we recorded this and an episode of The Landing Party on the same night. You might hear us talk over each other a time or two, which I normally try to cut out. And I'm pretty sure there's at least one F-bomb on the show. So I apologize for all that, but I still wanted to share this with you. Like I said, I think it's a pretty good episode. And uh, don't forget that there's also an episode of The Landing Party dropping this weekend where we talk about all the Star Trek stuff that came out at Comic-Con. We talk about the Picard trailer, and we talk about the news that came out about uh, Star Trek Discovery and Lower Decks and things like that. So check that out. All of that's at CosmicPotato.com. But for now, let me start the theme music and we'll get the show started. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Pump it a coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean and sometimes I wonder if John Wick is just Neo if he's taking the other pill. And <laughs> sitting across the virtual table from me is a man that doesn't care for spring or fall because those are just the filler seasons. Mr. John Irons, how's it going, sir? It's not true. <laughs> fall is my favorite season. And we have... All, all of you collecting Cosmic Potato trivia. Fall is my favorite season. <laughs> we have the president and CEO of the Infinite Diversity Network, Rick Tatro. How's it going? Star Trek Five is so damn guilty. It's <laughs> <laughs> guilty of being a bad movie. Very bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> and the host of the Prime Direction, we have Scott Madison. How's it going, sir? I still have no idea why you keep asking me back. <laughs> <laughs> you should be flattered. <laughs> oh, oh, I am, but also confused. <laughs> Our original plan was to do uh, an episode all about Spider-Man Far From Home and get into all That's the spoilers. Well, yeah, we are going to do that. But we're also going to talk about some of the stuff that came out from uh, Comic-Con over the weekend. And So we're the first half of the episode... Or twenty minutes or so will be the uh, will be a Spider Man discussion and uh, and it is spoiler filled. So if you haven't seen Spider Man Far From Home and you care about spoilers, then you probably don't want to listen to the next uh, twenty or thirty minutes of the of the episode. So um, 
So anyway, Far From Home. <laughs> you guys seen it? <laughs> Jump right in. Twice. Uh, oh, you've seen it twice? Once. Uh, yep. I've seen it once. Took the little one to see it, uh, and then uh, two days later was our 17th wedding anniversary. And uh, since we had just finished moving and yeah. dealing with stuff and really didn't need to spend a whole lot, we decided that uh, we'd just – it. Uh, there's a movie theater real close to here uh, that is like a cinema and draft house kind of place where you can like get food and, and drinks and watch a movie. Yeah. And usually those places are, you know, second run movies, but this isn't, they have new stuff. Yeah. But so you, you know, you can go see a movie for 10 bucks, two of you. And if you don't eat, it's only 10 bucks. Now, if you do eat, it's 40. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, we decided we would uh, go see Spider-Man and, and have a, have a, their food's not bad either. I mean, it's not, Haute cuisine or anything, but it's it's tasty. <laughs> yeah, we've got a. I mean, we've got a theater that serves pretty decent food, but the one that's closest to our house is um, um, it's five dollars a ticket. But they don't sell food there. They do sell booze there, but yeah, but they um, and you know, and we get the annual popcorn bucket, so you can just refill your popcorn for like three ninety nine or something like that. So we got in there and and you know, fifteen bucks because. Uh, we we snuck our drinks in. <laughs> we we yeah. I, I don't know what this five dollar movie ticket thing is you're talking about. I haven't. No, yeah, that's that, that's a unicorn. That does not <laughs> some kind of fable here in the yeah, land. Well, when that, they put a big five dollars will let me see the first third of the movie. They put a big banner <laughs> up at the movie theater last year that said five dollar movies for the and it was supposed to be win, it was winter special five dollars. Well, winter was over and it was still five dollars. And I asked them last time I went in there, "How long is the five dollar movie going to last?" We don't know. Just until they stop. <laughs> okay, it's fine with me. Well, when I took Sharon, um, it, it was like a you know one thirty show or something like that. And I don't know if the uh, the the uh, waitress made a mistake or whether there was like a you know kids get in free or something. But it was it, it, we didn't buy anything to eat and it was six bucks wow. for the two of us. And so I gave her like a two dollar tip because I'm like that's still, yeah, one pr- you know the price of one ticket. Uh, so I wasn't complaining. Yeah, they must uh, they must have three dollar matinees or something like that. <laughs> well, the 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 downside is their sound system kind of sucks. Yeah. And when I when I took Sharon to see it, we were sitting. The the, the auditorium is really weird. The best place to to be totally facing the screen is up against the wall. Um, but it was that put us right underneath the side speakers, and so while you know all the booms and explosions of the woofers are all right under the screen, right. so that was all you know very audible. A lot of the dialogue was kind of muddy and hard to follow, and I thought it was because of where we were sitting. But then when my wife and I went back and saw it, we sat in, uh, in the middle of the auditorium, and it didn't make any difference. They're just the sound system in that particular theater is terrible. It's probably the sound. The speakers are probably thirty years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. All right. So. But I loved it. I, I you know, I just I did not mind seeing it twice and I wouldn't have minded seeing it again. Yeah, I kind of gave my review last episode. I uh, uh, less the spoilers, but I like I liked it. I thought it was a really good follow-up to Endgame because that's like I said before, you know, they 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 tend to follow up these heavy movies with something a little lighter. And that's what they did this time. And uh but I really enjoyed it. John, what about you? I liked it. Um, it 
it was, I mean, I'd heard good things about it. Um, I was going to say it's better than I thought it would be, but that's not really correct. It was better than I feared it would be, I guess <laughs> I should say. Um, there were some aspects of it that I didn't think really worked, but by and large, I mean, at this point, you know, a bad Marvel movie is such an aberration. It's, it's, you know, yeah. Again, the worst, the worst that I can think of is Thor dark world. And it wasn't that bad. It was meh. It was okay. It wasn't a bad movie. Um, but I mean, the, um, the action was great. The effects were great. The plot was, I hadn't been spoiled on the plot, so that was good. I was spoiled a little bit. But we, we're, we're talking the talk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jordan, yeah, right? yeah. Um, yeah, so the Mysterio not being a villain thing, not really a spoiler. Mysterio being a villain is not really a spoiler if you know anything about Spider-Man at all. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, they also play with things in the MTU. So I, I was allowing for the possibility. It would have been nice to go in really not knowing that maybe if they did so-and-so or maybe he's from another dimension or whatever, but I got spoiled that no, he's not from another dimension and yes, he's a villain. Yeah. Uh, See, I I was very glad to find out that was a red herring because that was the one thing I wasn't looking forward to because I hate that stuff. The other dimension thing? Yeah. The multiple earths. That's one of the things I can't stand about the the Arrowverse. (laughs) I love, I love multiple earths. I love the whole, uh, but you like Spider-Man, right? The into the Spider-Verse. It, I we'll talk about this movie, and I'll I'll tell you the nuances of how what right. I felt about. All right. Well, I, I can I can talk more later. Uh, Scott, what's your what's your take? Hot take. Um, uh, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought that Far From Home was uh, was very well done. Uh, as you said, effects looked great. Um, uh, Mysterio, I was. I was impressed by how well they did it, especially considering I, you know, all, all of us we were around when uh, superhero movies really first started to, you know, crawl out of the primordial ooze. Um, you know, we were there for the secret uh, of the ooze. Uh, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the way back then even. But uh, we were there for uh, the original Blade and uh, 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 X Men. You know, Brian Singer's X Men, Sam Raimi's original Spider Man. Um, you know, that's what really got the entire superhero trend going. And if they had tried to do Mysterio back then, that he, he would have looked entirely different. Uh, you know, the, whatever body suit they came up with would have been an entirely different design. They wouldn't have gone with the fishbowl uh, mask. They would have come up with something, you know, maybe reminiscent of it, but not or actually they would have, And it would have been horrible. Uh, yeah, yeah, they would have done it poorly if they did it at all, but they probably would have skipped it and gone for something else. Um, but these days, Marvel is definitely hitting the bullseye when it comes to being faithful to the visuals while still making it look cinematic and impressive. <clears throat> um, a few things that I could have done without in Far From Home were uh, some of the more slapstick moments. Of course, you're going to expect some because it's a Spider-Man film in the MCU, which is uh, generally a bit lighter in tone than the rest. Uh, but some of the things 
I know that they brought it back later in the movie just as a mention, but all of the wackity doo-ness of Peter accidentally ordering a drone strike on another student on the bus and then having to stop it on the way. It, yeah. Uh, one, that's just a little too... Peter's He's a not smart stupid. kid. Yeah, He's Peter's a smart kid. He can say, uh, hey, Edith, um, stop that. Done. But now he's got to like sneakily turn the bus uh, one direction and the other. There's explosions and uh, you know almost killing the entire bus load of kids trying to avoid this drone strike before he finally destroys yeah. the drone instead of just turning it off. But that kind that of... is the kind of it's the kind of, that's the kind of unnecessary slapstick that I felt was just a little silly. And by the end of that scene, nothing is accomplished. There was no point to that scene whatsoever except for Nick Fury slash Talos. Later on to say, <laughs> you almost killed one of your fellow students with a drone. You shouldn't be doing this. Well, Except that it, it established the drones coming from orbit, which would play later. Yeah, and I mean, it it, it kind of goes along with, uh, I didn't read a lot of Spider-Man comics growing up, but, you know, all the other Spider-Man films, it kind of goes along with Peter... Uh, doing everything in the biggest way possible. Like in the, in the, in the Raimi first Raimi Spider-Man film, he couldn't help an old lady across the street unless he swung around the empire state building first, you know? So he always does everything in the most dramatic way possible because he, because he can, <laughs> you know? And can I point out something just, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you. It, it was, it, that scene was a little over the top, but just speaking as, uh, both a parent and a teacher teenage boys. I'm, I, I'm amazed we survive as a species because teenage boys, no matter how book smart they are, are the stupidest animals on earth. <laughs> I had a, I had a friend when I was in high school, we had a, we had a pool party at my house and we had dartboard out in the garage. <laughs> now Pat was, you know, I haven't seen him in 40 years, but he was one of those guys that just had an intellect the size of a planet, you know. But when it came to, you know, walking down a street, you wouldn't trust him to not wander out into traffic. He was just book smart, but life stupid. <laughs> and a, a great illustration of that was we were playing darts and I and one and just kidding. I said, hey, Pat, throw me that dart. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> so it really wasn't too far beyond belief for Peter Parker to be a genius when it comes to, you know, going into a science lab and being able to calculate every mole in a vat of, of vibranium or whatever, and not being able to, to, you know, navigate a, a drone strike. So uh, to, to a degree, I can get behind you on that, but at the same time, he's freaking Spider-Man. Yeah. I would have, I would have, I would have bought it in the first movie. Yeah, see, I would I would have, I would have gotten yeah, it in the maybe first, so. but it's fine because he the, the, the same reason that I bought that he hacked his suit, which was stupid, and he did all this other stuff behind Tony's back, which was stupid. I get it. That's fine. I will I will chalk and even abusing the power of the glasses to intervene at all in this oh he took a picture of me scenario. Mm. Get it. Fine. But Again, Peter's not, and all of this is in the context of I like the movie. This is just my this scene <laughs> was my biggest problem with the movie. Yeah. Uh, yes, he is definitely a target. You're saying to a 
you know, planet-wide defense system. He's not that dumb. He would have actually just delete the photo because he already knows that he has access to everybody's phone. Yeah, everybody's things. He would have just actually just delete the photo, which I presume is what he ended up doing. Yeah, they, yeah. Mm-hmm. they didn't show it, but they, 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 I can't find the photo. Right. Uh, and even after the drone strike, okay, I can't get the glasses back on, and I can't, I can't stop it. Fine, but it, him confirming the target. I, I would have even bought it if he had said something that kind of sounded like that. And what was his name? Edith? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my sister's name, by the way. <laughs> and, and Edith misinterpreted like a, like a, like a bad Siri. Even dead. Or, I'm the hero. I'm the hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Alexa, like, like, um, you know, the, and he said something that's similar to that. And she thought, she thought that's what he said. Cause he had something in his mouth or something. I would have bought that again. My biggest problem with the film. And the way that they had him, um, <laughs> actually, like in the motion capture suit, mm-hmm. and the, the, they, they explained that the fishbowl made sense. Like it was, it was great. It was it was well beyond what I was expecting. Yeah, they they tied that into something that was you know realistic and practical by the end of it, um, as well as reaching back to uh, various different points in. Uh, the previous phases of the MCU to bring tiny characters that were barely there and right. bring them back as part of his big, you know, nasty posse of former Stark employees. I, I thought that was clever. Now I have heard some people theorizing online that, you know, wow, they've been planning for this for a long time. Look, they had that guy in that one scene and they brought him back here. Well, no, that wasn't planned in the first Iron Man. That's something that they thought of while they're making this one. So some people do give the film a little bit too much credit when it comes to that. But uh, otherwise, by and large, very well done. The uh, the illusion sequences with Mysterio, um, where he's really just hammering Peter with the, with the illusion effect um, that got a bit hallucinatory, that was incredibly well done. I, I really don't think I could have asked for better on that one. Um, just with the way that it keeps the audience confused and the and the um, perspective keeps on changing, the Mysterio helmet as a fishbowl or as a snow globe with Peter inside it, brilliant. I expected them to do that, and they did. Um, all the way to the very end, and that uh, that final tease, um, the final what the F tease uh, mid credits was uh, was outstanding. Uh, no idea what they're going to be doing for the, for the next movie at this point. Um, the only thing that surprised me since we are going with spoilers, I did not expect them to have the same actor playing J Jonah Jameson as they did before. I, I let out an audible yelp. <laughs> when I, saw I was semi spoiled on that. I'd, I'd, I'd heard that, that I'd heard that that was a rumor, but not that it was confirmed. So it wasn't completely out of the blue for me. That, that was the new I, one I for me. I didn't see it coming. I had to look it up because I was like, damn, that dude looks so like Jameson. He looks almost as good as the other guy. And then I was like, oh, never mind. It was, uh, I, I was Academy Award looked- winner J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised that they let him keep his bald head for it. But, but yeah, you know, I'm go ahead, let him do it. I want the crew cut back. Be, being, I think perhaps being bald uh, makes Careful. him more reminiscent. More rep- more reminiscent of Alex Jones, which is obviously what they were going for with the, the background that, that he had on his 
on his uh, blog or yeah. his his video show. I like that it was a uh, 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 dailybugle.net. That was that's a nice uh, update to the Daily Bugle. Yeah. That was pretty cool. It, a very obvious nod to Infowars uh, in in one of the one of the most clever ways possible. That I I really enjoyed that. Um, just just surprised that it was J.K. Simmons, but. They definitely have me wondering what's going to happen for for the next Spider-Man film. Can I say that? Um, no, <laughs> I think it's. Th- would anybody agree? Probably not. Would anybody agree that Tony Stark had too much of a fin- of a footprint in this film? Because all of Spider-Man's villains are disgruntled Tony Stark employees so far in both movies. I, <laughs> I was. I was. Vulture kind of really wasn't. I was. I yeah, was he worked for. He, he he was on the cleanup crew. He worked for for Stark Industries. Well, he wasn't. Nope. No, he didn't. He didn't. Nope. He didn't. Stark Industries <laughs> took his bid. Stark yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Stark the, Industries put him out the, of work. The, the Vulture had his own company, and uh, the government, uh, along with Tony Stark. Well, he, yeah, but he still he had behind, a grudge against Tony Stark, and that's and but, he became a. But he kind of. But he didn't. He wasn't after Tony Stark. He his whole thing was. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to stay under the radar. I'm going to stay off. He wasn't out to get Tony Stark at all. Let me say. In fact, he was actively avoiding. <laughs> let me say something about the glasses. The glasses don't make sense. Because they were built by Tony specifically for Peter while Tony thought Peter was dead. So why would you build this for a dead person? And then... Peter came back to life about 12 minutes before Tony died. They weren't built for Peter. <laughs> yeah, he was they were specifically designed and and imprinted for for Peter. No, he had to do that when he got them. They were designed for Tony, wh- whoever he passed the mantle to. Happy gave them to him and he said Tony wanted you to have these. Why would Tony want him to have them? He's been dead for 5 years. Well, we don't know how long Edith existed. Yeah, one thing I'll point out: I, you you said that he designed the glasses while Peter was dead. Nothing in the movie actually said that. There's nothing to indicate that he was not. I I the glasses Edith might have been around forever. He might have named Edith right before uh, the final battle in Endgame, uh, but he could have had the glasses for who knows how long. And if nothing, you think about nothing, it, yeah, nothing says that he designed the glasses and built them after the first snap. Yes, so, I I presume. Well, even if he did, the same way he recorded that message for his family at the end of Endgame, he knew that they were going. They had the plan. If the plan worked, time travel. But just in case it doesn't work, let me leave this message. So just like he left this message, just in case, uh, if something happens to me, I want Peter to have the glasses. He spent a lot of and, time recording messages. <laughs> well, and, and the note yeah. didn't say Peter. It said for the next Spider-Man or for the next Iron Man, rather. And P- we don't even know for sure that Tony said, give these to Peter. It may have just been happy going, well, he liked Peter an awful lot. I got to <laughs> give these things to somebody. Happy wouldn't do that. And Tony wouldn't leave it a chance. He was yeah. kind of type A. Yeah. One thing they established in, in all the, uh, uh, all the phases of the MCU. One thing they established about Tony Stark is he's always doing something. So anytime he's off screen, just assume that he is simultaneously building three new marks of the Iron Man suit and leaving messages and building other tech and setting this up and setting that up. Uh, they, 
a contingency for everything. Uh, so with the glasses getting to Peter, even if they don't specifically explain this is when he built them, this is when he decided they're going to go to Peter, this is when he wrote the note that says, for the next Iron Man, I trust you, P.S. Say Edith, all that stuff, we just assume he did it at some point because they have painted him as such a busy character, you you just kind of roll with it. And I was I was gonna say, so so I I disagree with you on that aspect of it, Sean. But I could disagree that he would give them to Peter, because yeah, Peter's a good kid, but he is a kid, and and you are trusting him with the most powerful weapon on the planet. Uh, but then you think, well, who else would he? Give? He wouldn't give it to he wouldn't give it to Nick Fury. No. I would have thought maybe, he would have given him the cap. Maybe, he, he would give it to Cap, maybe. Except that he there, and Cap no are cap on the right outs. Now. Yeah. They well, yeah. Well, there's and there's no Cap right now. Well, yeah, not now, and, but but know. Tony died before that happened, so he he wouldn't have known that. And Pepper wouldn't need him. Right. I'm sure she has her own access yeah. to everything. And there's no. There's no vision. There's no autonomous system, and he wouldn't trust it anyway after Ultron. I, I mean, I I just I I, I, I did like this I movie, like, but I, I just he should have should have set up some barriers the way he did with the. Suit. I found it hard to he believe that Tony tank. would want to name Peter as being the next Iron Man, which is basically naming him the next leader of the Avengers, and he's just a high school kid, you know. But well, he's a high school kid now, but eventually he'll. Eventually, he'll grow up. I think that uh, in that way, Tony was playing to Peter's potential. He's not saying, hey, tomorrow you're going to start as a new Iron Man. He's saying, here, take these because someday you're going to be you're, you're going to be the one in charge. I love that he made his own suit. Yeah, Just, I, I, yeah I liked that, that they great, I liked the way that they found to get him out of the Iron Spider suit because I was. As much as I like the Iron Spider suit, I wasn't on board for him being in that suit through the whole movie. So I like the way that they, oh, he just left it behind. I'm no, I don't want to be Spider-Man on this trip. And then May puts his old suit back in the in the suitcase. Uh, but yeah, at the end when he's, uh, he, he looked like Tony over that computer with the holograms and everything. He looked like Tony in that scene. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Can I say and he should have grown I... up because I mean, bitch, he's been to space. <laughs> <laughs> but as he said, that was an accident. <laughs> um, one of my favorite aspects of this movie, of both movies, um, is the relationship between Peter and MJ. And I am so uh, how do I say this without sounding creepy? Enthralled with Zendaya. Thank you, with Zendaya. She is doing such an amazing job as MJ without being cliche. Uh, one of the things my wife and I were talking about as we were leaving the theater was how this MJ is not a convenient hostage. She's not a damsel in distress. She's not. Hottie prize. It, say what? Hottie prize. Exactly. Yeah. She, you know, she's a wonderful character. She's brilliant, but she's goofy and and I just I love the dynamic between uh, her and, and Tom Holland. And when I found I just found out that uh, not just but a couple of weeks ago, I found out that she's going to be playing uh, Chani in the new Dune movie. And I'm just like, yes, that is going to be so awesome. So. <laughs> and I also like that they they're, they're still calling her MJ. They're not calling her Mary Jane. You know, so they're 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 flat out telling you this. I mean, this is 
the same character, but it's not the same character. You know, we're we're following a different footprint. So while uh, Peter has a lot of the same hallmarks as the uh, as the comic book, they're they've totally redesigned her character. I like the way that they dealt with the issue of the snap because they had to they had to deal with it because you know they had to show that most of the, or at least half of the school disappeared and now that's why hey they're all the same ages as they were in the last movie even though it's five years later but um but they call it uh the way that they come the back they call it the blip and uh and they show it they didn't show it in endgame you know they showed the video of everybody just popping up in the middle of a basketball game and the the band <laughs> appearing and the basketball players running into them and everything that was that was and the uh the video tribute at the beginning when it first came up, <laughs> when they first came up and, and they were playing the I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, I was like, why are they starting with this song? And then they start showing these very generic photos of Tony Stark and everything. I was like, oh, this is like a Microsoft Office uh, slideshow or something, you know? And then when they showed the candles and it said Getty Images across the front, I was like, yeah, that looks like something a high school kid would have put together. <laughs> I love uh may's story of when she unblipped and and showed up at her house and the people that were living there the <laughs> wife thought she was the husband's mistress and the grandmother thought she was a ghost yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I, I what you were saying before john about uh it not being a spoiler that mysterio was a um was the villain i thought okay so i'm watching the movie and we're almost an hour into the movie and it hasn't been revealed that he's hiding something or whatever, you know. And I got to thinking, it would be very interesting if they make Mysterio a hero now. Because Marvel does change things from time to time. They never changed anything that big. Right. I mean, they changed the, uh, the what was the shapeshifter species in Captain Marvel? I can't, what? Scroll. Yeah. Scrolls. They kind of changed that whole dynamic, you know. Well, in, the, in, the, in Doctor Strange... Um, they made uh, Mordo, right? Or Bordo? Yeah, Bar- Baron Mordo. Yeah, he's he's still a good guy for the vast majority of the film, and he's you know he's a classic Doctor Strange villain. So I thought that they were, might be doing something like that, where it's kind of the villain's origin story too. Yeah, yeah. If if, if he had I'll, been I'll really an actual him. hero, if he'd right. been an actual hero for the first half of the movie, and then Mysterio has a turn and becomes a villain. Then you know that would have been, I thought, creative. But with the I way really, they I did really it, was open for yeah. a multiverse thing. I love a multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, there will be some multiverse talk later this show. Yeah. Hopefully, um, but yeah, well, I mean, I've 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 said my piece. I think uh, I do. We do have to discuss uh, that mid credit scene. We already talked about the fact that J. Jonah Jameson is back and J.K. Simmons is playing him, which again. Audible squeal. My wife looked at me like I was crazy. Why are you? <laughs> it's like that's that's J.K. Simmons. He's back. <laughs> you know, they couldn't find anybody to play that part any better. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, true enough. But uh, but also the fact that Mysterio recorded a message that let everyone know that Peter Parker is Spider Man, and we see that at the at the very end. So that's going to make an interesting Spider Man three. Uh, I. I got to say, I was not thrilled with that mid-credit scene because there there are two superhero plots I am so over. One is the superhero losing his powers, which every goddamn 
second movie he's done except Spider-Man, which I'm glad. Oh, it, um, it kind of did actually. Well, he did Spider-Man lose his Spidey did. sense. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't make his Spidey sense work through most of the movie. It was Peter Tingle wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> <It> was, yeah. <laughs> he could still stick to stuff, all right? <laughs> um or, and framing the superhero to make him seem like the bad guy. And that's that looks like that's where they're going. I'm I'm reserving judgment until I see what they do, but I am so over that plot line and I know it's, you know, they do it all the time in the comics, but I, I just, it's so tired and so worn out. I just hope they do it in something in a way that makes it interesting. I don't disagree with you about the framing the good guy. I, again, this is a minor tweak I would have made. Um, basically Mysterio released this like to the world. If I, if I remember correctly. Um, and again, if I'm wrong, you know, I apologize, but I, I think it would have played better if he had sent it like exclusively to the Daily Bugle. If if it's basically like Fox News, like we'll we'll take all your conspiracy theories, and so the majority of the world, you know, still thinks Spider Man is Spider Man, and just this one newspaper or this one um, venue is like, no, we know the truth, no, we know the truth, which is basically how it is, you know, most. People still see Spider Man like in the, in the comics. Most Spider Man is a hero to most people. And let me say, uh, there, there's a and, but it's the Daily Bugle. He's on for whatever reason. He's on his crusade to yeah to bring down Spider Man. There's a trope in movies where they show uh, video coming up on big jumbotrons in in New York City, and the speakers are loud enough that you can hear it over all the traffic and everything. <laughs> and uh, that it it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Um, but uh oh and and okay so also the end credit scene nick fury was never there uh yeah i loved that because i you know the first time i saw it i was like man what is up with jackson in this movie because he is just not something is wrong yeah and and then when i saw it i was like samuel L. jackson is a mother sorry pardon my friends but is a motherfucking acting genius <laughs> because he played nick fury just a little bit off through the whole damn movie <laughs> I would like to say, for the record, if you all recall, when we did our Captain Marvel review, maybe even before the review. No, it, it was it was the review because we were talking about it. And I said what I was hoping for was that we'll find out that Nick Fury had been replaced by a scroll. <laughs> I don't remember that, but cool. Well, he wasn't really replaced by a scroll because he knew about it. It wasn't – he sent him. I didn't say he didn't they're know like, about they're it. like they're like working for him or something. But he's in charge. He's 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 <laughs> he in uh, with his yeah. He's in command of a scroll spaceship out in space somewhere, which I assume they're setting up for Captain Marvel two that we'll get in four or five years. I don't know. <laughs> well, it could at this point, it could really be for for any of the Marvel movies. There's a, a lot of speculation, and I I'm on board with this. There's a lot of speculation that what he's doing up there, working with uh, the Skrulls, and I, I don't know if there's anyone other than Skrulls that he's working with, uh, but this uh, this good guy, refugee uh, sect of the Skrulls, there's got to be some bad Skrulls out there somewhere. Sure. But uh, there's a lot of speculation that what he's doing up there is, uh, now that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been gone for, for years now, thanks to HYDRA, a lot of people think that he's up there building S.W.O.R.D., which is from from the comics. It's like a um, offensive wing. Yeah, I, I think so. I think 
I never really got to know Sword very much from the comic books, but it's kind of a companion organization to Shield. It is space based, as far as I know. Um, so it sounds like he's basically, you know, rebuilding his old gig, but he's got new friends helping him do it. the The question, the interesting question that I thought that that post credit scene raised, showing us that Fury and Hill were Skrulls, is he met the Skrulls in the nineties. We saw Maria Hill for the first time in the first Avengers movie. Has Maria Hill ever been real? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> we have no proof. No, we, we have no proof. So that's fair. That is, that is a every valid time, theory. Every time that we have seen Nick Fury in any Marvel movie, with the exception of Captain Marvel, we now have to wonder, was it him or was it Talos? And with Maria Hill... Literally every time we've ever seen her, we have to wonder, was she human or was she a scroll? I think it's just it's, it's, this movie. It's not a big deal, yeah. but it's a, it's a fun well, question to I'm ask. I'm sorry. You're reacting to my shrug. It's not a big, the, the, my, my shrug was saying, yeah, we could wonder, but I don't care. Yeah, I, I think I mean, I think at the end of the day, I, again, it was it just is, this movie. It is, a, it is a completely valid theory, but uh, I choose not to speculate. because <laughs> Right. It is so, so far... As far as we know, it's going to be so, such a low impact question that it doesn't really, you know, bear asking. But for fun, there were two. Yeah. There were two hints. And <laughs> there, there were two hints that uh, Nick Fury was not Nick Fury. And then number one was that I don't think Mysterio could have fooled Nick Fury for as long as he did. Uh, and number two. There was a line, and I gotta admit, I got I, I heard this on another podcast. I didn't catch it when I saw the movie, but there was a line in the in the first scene where Mysterio is is there, and they take Peter to meet him and everything. Uh, he he says he's talking about Earth to Peter, and he calls it your world. He doesn't say our world. He calls Earth your world. You know, so oh, Fury does. Yeah, Fury does. So I didn't catch that either. Yeah, That's, I didn't catch what, that. What was, but the, what was the context of that? He's talking when he's talking about the multiverse. You know, he's saying that he's saying that Mysterio is from this world, and which is different than your world or something. I don't remember the exact line, but okay, yeah, I, I that that's ringing a bell. I think I, I think I just assumed he was talking about how Peter's world is about to get bigger. Yeah, yeah. I did too, but it, it's a nice, it's a nice, um, it, it, nice it's, yeah, that's, it's a good double it's, meaning, yeah. good double entendre. That's sly. Let's talk about some of the stuff that came out at, during uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, I think we'll mostly, because, uh, you know, we're, we've got about 20 minutes or so left. And I think we'll mostly stick to DC and Marvel. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that came out. And if we got time at the end, I may kind of run down the list. But uh, we'll, we'll start with DC because there's not as much. But uh, number one, we've got the the Harley Quinn animated series coming out. Did you guys see the trailer for that? I did. Yeah, yeah. R rated cartoon right. with. Uh, I mean, I, if it was on something free, I would watch it. But I'm certainly not going. I, DC I, Universe. I haven't, yeah. seen, I haven't seen any of the DC Universe stuff. Nothing has compelled me to subscribe at this joins that list of nothing that compels me. <laughs> it, 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 drink it right it, out of the bottle. <laughs> we're going to talk about this shit. I need another drink. <laughs> it, it definitely seems in line with the rest of the DC Universe stuff, which is, hey, we're on a streaming service, so we don't need to necessarily cater to kitties. So 
we're going to put in lots of cursing. We're going to put in violence and like, like doom patrol, like in, in the first episode, you know what? We're going to put in a couple of sex scenes with naked boobs in it because we can. <laughs> and a hard, I'm so glad I'm not interested in subscribing to that. And a, if that's where they're going with it. A hard rock version of the, the theme oh, from the Mary Tyler Moore show. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I just I just have my way. I did watch the the I did watch the first episode of Swamp Thing, and I thought it was pretty good. And I'm surprised that they canceled it before the show was even finished airing. Right. But from what I hear, it wasn't canceled due to its quality. It was something like behind a, the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a budgeting snafu kind of thing. Mm. Um. So. Well, again, you know, we are in, and I've said this a million times, and I'll keep saying it until it's over. We are in the midst of a paradigm shift, and we are going to see. Streaming services rise up and fade away, and while while exec you know television executives are still trying to figure out this internet thing, um, you know un- until the older crowd is gone, and unfortunately, at least I'm part of that older crowd. Although I'm trying real really hard not to think like that, um, but Me you know too. Until- how do you explain this haircut? <laughs> And the vaping. Un, un, until the, the upper <laughs> echelons of, of these networks are no longer run by, you know, 60, 70 year old white guys who have no clue about the internet, um, we're gonna see a lot of a lot of ripples, a lot of uh, bad decisions, a lot of uh, experiments that aren't aren't they don't go far enough but they go too far kind of thing. So I think that's you know it's not always going to make sense. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that came out from DC is the one that Scott wanted to talk about that. Um, they announced some things for a crisis on infinite earths. that's going to be coming in the fall, which is going to be the big crossover this year for the Arrowverse. And they announced that Brandon Routh is going to be on. He's, he's already on because he's on uh, legends of tomorrow, but he's also, he's going to be playing Superman from the universe that uh, Superman Returns takes place in. And Burt Ward is going to come back as Robin. Uh, well, right. Burt Ward I, I, is coming back. Well, yeah, Burt yeah, Ward is going to be there. A couple things. Yeah. They, they, ha- they haven't confirmed who he's going to play. And I have also heard uh, some people ruminating online that uh, Brandon Routh might not necessarily be playing the Superman from Superman Returns, which is the Christopher Reeve Superman. Because yeah. that movie was intended to be a follow-up to to the first two, um, I think he probably will be, um, j- based on the T-shirt that he showed at uh, Comic Con. Uh, it seems like the writers of Crisis are trying to say that Christopher Reeve Superman from the first two movies, who is also Brandon Routh Superman from Superman Returns, is going to go on to become the Kingdom Come Superman from the comics mm, and okay. that's who he's going to be portraying. And then we're going to have Tyler Hecklin returning as the earth 38 Superman from the Arrowverse. And I've also seen reports that Tom Welling is coming back to reprise Smallville Superman. So that, um, yeah, I saw that on a site, but it's not a site that I put a whole lot of stock into, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, now, they, Rick and Justin, is that because this is a multiverse thing that you're doing that, or is it because yeah, you don't like Smallville? Because Smallville no, it's getting cool. ridiculous, is what it is. 
<laughs> it's a five-part special that is ringing in the end of Arrow, which is the show that started this universe. It's a comic Let them book. have their fun. Let them be big. They can bring in whoever they want. It's, come on. It's They're also bringing back, apparently, the same rumor as Tom Welling says that Linda Carter is going to come back and play Wonder Woman I in this that. crossover. Will this be the introduction of Wonder Woman into the Arrowverse at all? Uh, I think so. Uh, wait, 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 Linda no, Carter is like the president or something. Linda, yeah, she's the, Linda yeah, Carter she's is the president on the, in the Supergirl universe, yeah. but not in the yeah, Arrowverse. Right. On Earth 38, she Linda Carter played the president, uh, who was also an alien. And right. I can't remember if she is dead or if she got ousted from, from the presidency. I cannot remember. And you see, um, this is what why I don't like this stuff, because it's impossible to keep track of it. And it's like... One of the things that turned me off in The Flash. <laughs> I, I love The Flash first season. I love The Flash second season. But every time they kill a, a – what's the scientist's name? I can't remember. I haven't watched it in a couple of years. Uh, um, uh, he, he was yeah, – yeah, yeah. He was well, reverse Flash in the – Oh, um, Thrawn. Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn. Oh, you're talking about Wells. Wells, yeah. yeah. Every time they kill a Wells, they just go, eh, screw it. We'll go get another one. You know, it's like <laughs> there's no point in killing anyone. There's no consequence to it because, and when I found out that Supergirl was on Earth 38 or whatever, I was like, "Oh well, for who gives a damn then?" <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know she's on a different. Well, I guess you don't care. I'm about to say, you know she's on a different um, Earth because they have to portal to get to her. Yeah, they've all they've established that they have yeah, to travel that, between dimensions to get to her Earth. Here, yeah. Here's what I think is funny. Okay. Here's Rick <laughs> going on, going on a bit about. <laughs> We got a multiverse in the CW Arrowverse, and it's impossible to keep track of because I couldn't remember a thing. There was a thing <laughs> that I couldn't remember, and that oh, set him off. On, no, 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 no. That set him off on, no, it's impossible to keep straight. Have anyone who has watched uh, Next Generation once come to us and talk to us about next generation and listen to us go on and on about the details. And they're going to say, this is impossible to keep straight. No, it's not. We've just seen enough that we can keep it straight. If I had watched the, the season of Supergirl with uh, Linda Carter's president, if I'd watched that one extra time, I'd, I'd remember, I'd be able to keep it straight. It, you know well, I hate it, the mirror universe in Star Trek too. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's, this is, this is, and I think this ties into something else too. Like, here's my theory. Uh, and I and I've got another thing about Burt Ward that I want to say. So I don't forget. But uh, the the reason that I love the multiverse, I think, is the reason that Rick hates it, which is that it explodes canon. If it's a multiverse, anything goes, and yes. just because you did it here doesn't mean it really happened, and just because you did it here doesn't mean it really happened. And I love that <laughs> because again, it explodes canon. Which and, is and I'll grant you anti Rick. For the writers, it's awesome because they can do whatever the hell they want and not worry about contradicting something else. So they just go, no, this was from Earth 2042. And, you know, it's 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 personal preference. I just I don't like I want a a single timeline that I can keep track of. And (laughs) And that's, that's the other reason why I am surprised that Rick is not excited for Crisis on Infinite Earths, because the result of this five part crossover is going to be a single unified Earth yeah. in the Arrowverse. That's what it was used yeah, for in the comics. I guarantee, I guarantee it's going to end with Supergirl being on the same Earth as Flash and the Legends and Batwoman coming up soon. 
they're killing Oliver Queen by the end of it. If they're not, if they don't kill him, then they're taking him off the board at least because he and his series are done. And with the number of episodes they have in their season, Crisis is no Siri. I'm not talking to you. Uh, <laughs> Crisis is going to be the end of Arrow. That that's their series finale is going to be in Crisis with just the number of episodes that Arrow has this season. It's it's much shortened, so it's got to line up with Crisis. So they're going to end his series. They're going to consolidate all the Earths. And by the time they're done, then you're going to have one reality moving forward. All and, right. Then I'll start watching again. Yeah, there you, there you go. <laughs> See, and and to, to just give some general thoughts on Crisis as it's coming up, because this one has me really excited. Now, Arrow, I haven't loved it lately because, you know, the writing just hasn't been all that sharp. And they've been taking a lot, they've been cutting a lot of corners and taking shortcuts with their storytelling. Uh, this most recent season of the flash, it bugged me a lot because I didn't like all the characters. Um, they brought his daughter from the future, um, back into the present day. And she was super annoying. Um, and the character of elongated man, he still hasn't quite grown on me. He's, he's a little bit annoying too. Um, but I think that Flash can get back on track if they if they really try if they if, if they tighten up the writing then then that can really shine. Um, so all of my issues with the individual CW shows, if I put them aside, they're still entertaining. And with this five part crossover, that's going to let them bring in so many characters from so many other properties and mediums. I've also seen reports they're going to bring some characters from Titans on the DC Universe app. Um, oh, makes sense. To, to, to show up in in crisis for who, who knows why or for how long. I don't know. But there's going to be representation from so many different mediums, so many different franchises of DC that we thought would never make it to the CW. And they're going to say, you like Smallville, right? Well, yeah. Here, here's a little taste of that coming back. Mix it in with your CW and have a have a nice DC stew on television. Did, uh, did you guys watch... I I haven't watched Arrow for about two seasons, and um, I haven't watched Supergirl for about two and a half seasons, and I quit on Flash probably three episodes, three or four episodes from the end of the talk. I didn't finish any CW show last season. I think <laughs> I may be done. Uh, I... Yeah, like I want, I really wanted to watch it. Well, the Flash is the it. only one that I, really I watch, wanted to watch regular. Watch it. I wanted it to be good. The, the Flash, Flash is the only one that I watch regular. Uh, I will be watching Batwoman when it starts. Uh, I think it looks pretty good. I think I'm the only person on Facebook that thinks it looks good. <laughs> well, I have a lot of a lot of my a lot of my uh, LGBTQIA students are really looking forward to the show. So I'm I kind of have to have to. Uh, Try to rein Ro Karen in because she just she loves Batwoman and despises the actress who's playing her. <laughs> Ruby you know, Rose, I, I don't think Ruby, I don't think, think Ruby Rose is a bad choice for that role. That, but that's my opinion, and uh, you know, the uh, the CW superhero shows are not exactly Shakespeare. You don't need no. an Academy Award winner to no. to play those roles. So I think they'll probably make do. I might try Legends again. Um, and I think I made it through two seasons and I was like, oh, it's just terrible. Stop. I couldn't make it through the first episode. I, well, they, from what I hear, I think they're like five episodes or five seasons in at this point. And apparently they've just embraced the camp and yep. they've 
they're running with it, which I will try it. I'll give it a shot. I'll probably same thing with the Orville. I'll I'll give it a shot. Or actually, Orville got Orville got significantly better by the end of the first season. Actually, we have to we have to save some of uh, Rick's vitriol for the <laughs> the landing party. So. <laughs> Let's not talk about I, the Orville I, just yet. <laughs> I, the only thing I'm going to do about the Orville is gloats. So. Um, real quick before we end this, let, let me let me just really ahead. quick before you, before you move on, I just want to give a caveat. I am not the CW's audience. I you know I I am not a comic book person. A lot of what the CW is doing with their shows is why I'm not a comic book person. So. You know, the, the multiple realities and the different what ifs and all of that stuff is one of the reasons I never got into comics. So, um, you know, I like if you're your digging shirt, it, that's way, groovy. What? I like your shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, I like superheroes. Uh, I like them on TV I, sometimes. I like them in movies. I like the idea of a lot of the, a lot of the superheroes. But there are I've tried to read comics all of my life, you know. Given my my likes and my my friends and my nerdiness and stuff, the fact that I'm not into comics is one of the most inconsistent parts of my character. Um, but every time I try to read comics, they do this goofy crap that I don't like, and I just can't get into it. So I am not saying that these shows are bad <clears throat> because I don't like them. I'm just saying that the stuff they're doing is the stuff that keeps me away from them in print and when they're doing it on film – I like it even less. And so enjoy, dig it, love it. Uh, you know, I liked the first two seasons of The Flash. Then season three was just more of the same and I faded away. I tried Legends of Tomorrow and the acting was so abysmal in that first episode. I didn't, I couldn't finish it. Uh, everyone tells me it gets a lot better and a lot more fun. Groovy. Go for it. Have more fun. Um, it's just, it's just not my bag, baby. But if you love it, go for it and enjoy it. I'm just going to run down the list of the stuff that uh, Marvel came out with because Marvel by far came out with the most information. Um, so we found out that the release date for Black Widow is going to be May 1st of next year. Uh, they also said that the villain is going to be the Taskmaster. Ma- Taskmaster. And uh, David Harbour is going to be playing Red Guardian, who is the Russian <laughs> super soldier <laughs> counterpart to Captain America. Um so, and that doesn't really kick off phase four because it's going to take place between Captain America, uh, Civil War, and, you know, Infinity War. So, it'll, it's going to kind of show what happened after she kind of disappeared for a while. And I'm assuming. I'm just happy for more Black Widow because I love Black Widow. <laughs> I'm assuming Nick the Fury will probably version. be in that movie too. So, um, the Eternals is going to be, be to actually start uh, Phase Four. I don't know very much about the Eternals. Uh, I've heard of them. I know is they're they're gods. They're like young gods or something like that. So, uh, but I will go see it because I go see Marvel. The cat's movies. walking down the stairs. The cat's walking down the steps. The dog's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that comes <laughs> November sixth. Yeah. Uh, 2020 the the and then uh shang chi and the legend of the ten rings is going to come out on february 12th 2021 uh dr strange in the multiverse of madness is going to be released on may 7th 2021 uh I love that title and spoiler alert wanda maximoff is going to have an important role in that film you know uh she can kind of change yeah. reality and stuff too so i think i think this is going to be bad for your 
multiverse aversion. <laughs> because <laughs> multiverse yeah. is in the title. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Thor, it, Love, it and would, Thunder. It would not surprise me, I, before we move on to that, just that, that quick multiverse thing, it would not surprise me if they restrict the existence and the impact of a multiverse to that single movie, or at least Doctor Strange's movie series. I th- I don't think they're going to introduce the concept of the multiverse wide to the MCU, uh, at, at least not yet. It It would be odd for them to mention the concept of it in Spider-Man and then say that it's not real only for them to say it's real for all the movies like the next year. So it's probably just going to be a Doctor Strange thing. Oh, I forgot to mention when we were talking about Spider-Man, did you guys catch the, <laughs> did you guys catch the, uh, the nod to uh, Marvel zombies in Spider-Man? I mean, I know you saw it, Yeah, but I thought that was the dead, pretty cool. Dead Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man. That was the only the moment I was worried for my little girl, but she was fine with it. Um, Okay, so Thor Love and Thunder is coming out on November 5th of 2021. Natalie Portman will be Thor. I'm so into that. Yeah. I did not so see that coming. That's going to be cool. Yeah, she was she was on stage at Comic-Con holding up uh, Mjolnir. So. I just hope they change the name because the name is stupid AF. <laughs> they're not going to change it. No, that's, that's going to be it. If, if, they, if they've announced it, then they're not changing it. Yeah, yeah the, the movie title? Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's not changing it at all. I, I'm just really curious what Taika Waititi had to do to convince Natalie Portman to come back to the Marvel movies. Give her Mjolnir. <laughs> back up a money truck. <laughs> um, all right, beyond 2021, uh, these don't really have dates, but of course, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians 3, and the Fantastic Four and Mutants, which Mutants is going to be an X-Men movie. Uh Phase four is also going to include TV series on Disney Plus. We know about uh, we know about all these really, but the Falcon and Winter Soldier will be next fall. Uh, WandaVision, Loki, and What If all come out uh, in twenty twenty one, and Hawkeye is getting a series as well. So that one, I, I didn't know that he was getting a series until I saw the uh, San Diego announcements and. Uh, <laughs> I can tell Rick, you're super excited about it, but you know, yeah, just <laughs> stand back. Let other people have have some excitement as well. Well, um, yeah. I, I I I am looking forward to to the Hawkeye series. Now, obviously, Me from too. from from the title, from the logo design that they had for it, it's obvious that they are going to be cribbing from the Matt Fraction uh, run of the Hawkeye comic book, which was just incredibly well reviewed. Uh, when it came out, people loved that book and they loved the character while it was running. Um, and if they if they have a television series focusing on him that gives Jeremy Renner a chance to actually do something with the character, which they never really did in the movies, then I, I think it could have a lot of potential. It's going to run the risk of being compared to Arrow because now it's a television series about a guy who's really good with bow and arrow, and that's about it. But if they set it up right and and execute it properly and use some of the elements that they've already laid out in the MCU uh, to you know bring in references, cameos, things like that, then I think that one has a, a really good chance of succeeding. Uh, but is anyone else here excited for the Marvel What If series? Not excited. And I will I will watch it. I'm interested. But I'm excited. It was it was my favorite comic. It was one of my favorite comics as a kid. 
did anyone catch the Marvel Zombies reference in that? I didn't. I didn't. I, I don't didn't, know. No. <laughs> if if you look at the title that they put up on their big board for uh, uh, Marvel Studios, what if? Uh, if you get a high res image of that and you look closely, hidden in uh, in like the the sides of the of the box and the letters, because those those letters are, are three dimensional. They they're extending into the background, and if you look at the sides of them, if you look really close, you can see there are images superimposed into the sides of the letters and the sides of the box. And if your eyes are sharp, then you can see Captain Britain. You can see I, I, there are a couple other characters that I can't quite remember, but I, the, the two that are very clear are Captain Britain, which we've never seen so far. And off in the corner, anyone who wants to go look it up, check out the top left corner of that logo, and you will see some Marvel zombies hiding in there. So cool. I think that they're going to do a Marvel zombies episode of what if that'd be cool. Yeah, I would. I will be watching. I'll be watching all this stuff. So, um, and the and the other Let thing me, that they, I, I just want to I want to rebut something just a little quickly. My problem with Hawkeye is that I don't know the comic. All I've seen is Hawkeye in the movies, and he's the most boring character they have. <laughs> they they dro- they drop the ball on him for sure. <laughs> um, Blade. They're making they're they're making Blade, and it's gonna have love the actor. I can't remember his name. But what is it? Maher, Mahershala something? Ali. Mahershala. Yeah. Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Ali. Okay. Yeah. I loved him in uh, in uh, um, Luke Mike. Cage. Mm-hmm. That's it. No, not Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was in was Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Yeah. Season um, one. He was Cottonmouth I, for the first time. Season yeah. one. I, and and the the series lost a lot when they took him out so early in the, in the run. He was amazing. Loved him in his brief time in hidden figures. Can't wait to see what he does with blade, which is a little strange for them to, they Marvel doesn't usually reuse actors like that, but I mean, he called them. He, he, (laughs) he called Kevin Feige. Well, they're kind of, they're kind of running out of actors. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, but no, he, 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 Called up Feige and said, I want to do this. Feige. And Feige went, all right, Feige. Feige. Yeah. <laughs> I, call um, it Fe- so- I call him Kevin Feige. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that as well. After he got his Academy Award, he, yeah. he called up the, like, the, I got head, power of, now, bitch. the head of yeah. the Marvel movies and said, hey, you see this thing in my hand? Uh, I want to do a Marvel movie. Um, okay, what do you want to do? I want to do Blade. Uh, well, uh, two things. Uh, first, uh, we've already done blade not part of this universe but we've done blade movies already with this other guy and and two you've already played a marvel character and i could just picture him on skype just holding up that oscar <laughs> waving back and forth and i would like, love all right, all right, all right. i would love if wesley snipes played the villain in that movie that would be cool <laughs> whoever whatever villain they want him to be that would be cool. or uh the character that chris christopherson played in the first yep, movie just thinking that Maybe have wesley snipes play that character sure. That would be cool. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up before I close the show out is that they did release the trailer for Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and I'm a fan. I'm wait. I'm looking for my notes on that. Um, I'm a fan of Kevin Smith movies, so I'm going to see this. But it's kind of it's kind of strange because they're not releasing it to theaters like a wide release. They're going to do a Fathom event for two nights, and uh, and you'll be able to see it in theaters then. Other than that, you'll have to go. They're doing a Jay and Silent Bob reboot roadshow 
where Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes are going to go to 30 cities and they're going to show the film in those 30 cities. I know Kevin Smith is doing it to kind of get out of uh, having to deal with releasing. This is how much money the movie made because, you know, his last, his last few movies have only made like two or $3 million in theaters or whatever. And he doesn't want to have to deal with uh, critics talking about how, cause it's not going to be a good movie, but it's going to be a hilarious movie. Um, <laughs> Bumping around to different cities and doing showings and Q and A's uh, is very similar to how he released Red State. Yeah, um, this is I I agree. This this is definitely Kevin Smith not wanting to do a standard theatrical studio release, just like you know, ever all other filmmakers in the world end up doing. He wants to do it differently, and you know whatever his reasons are fine. I don't really care. I I respect Kevin Smith, but I was not at all a fan of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I think that those characters work better when they're supporting characters in other movies. That's true. When they're headlining their own, I'm not the biggest fan. So I did not actually watch the trailer for this one. I'm probably going to let this one just pass me by. I will. I'm not. I did watch the trailer. I have. When Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, my wife and I were dating and it was one of the movies we saw together. And. I remember sitting in the theater watching it going anyone else but Kevin Smith I would have been I would have left already. <laughs> but he could get away with stuff that no one else could. And I love his early movies. Uh all right, Clerks. Clerks is not something you can watch over and over again, but it was, you know, it, it it's worth watching once just to see. But uh, you know, Dogma was brilliant. Uh Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I had a lot of fun with. Clerks 2, I own it. I've never, I don't think I've even taken it out of its cellophane. Um, you know, it was one of those things that he said he'd never do it, but then he dangled it as a, as a carrot to Jason Mewes to get clean. And if Jason Mewes got clean, he'd do Clerks 2, and he did. And we saw why the dude that played Dante and the dude that played Randall hadn't worked since they did Clerks because they're terrible. Um <laughs> But Rosario Dawson. I don't think that's a true statement. They, they, they have worked. <laughs> they just haven't been in anything you've seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ryan O'Halloran was in Marats. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, but, and the Clerks animated series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and so I watched this trailer, and I'm seeing a 40 year old Jason Muse and Kevin Smith doing the same tired shit they were doing when they were 20. Well, yeah, and they're not going to change it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm afraid that my tolerance and forbearance and enjoyment of that shtick is gone. This is a movie that I will watch, but I'm not going to go to the Fathom event and I'm not going to drive to Atlanta to see it live. Uh, <laughs> I will wait until it comes out on video on demand or something like that. But it is interesting that Ben Affleck is coming back as Holden McNeil. Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith kind of been on the outs for the last uh, decade or so. Mainly because uh, uh, Jennifer Garner didn't like Kevin Smith, <laughs> but now that they're not, to, now that Ben Affleck's not with her anymore, I guess he can. They can make nice again. Uh, Matt Damon's going to be back as Loki, and the movie versions of Bluntman and Chronic. So, you know, this is about them doing a reboot of the Bluntman and Chronic movie. Uh, the movie version of Bluntman is going to be Val Kilmer, and uh, and Chronic is going to be Melissa Benoist. So I, I I had to laugh because. 
you know, there was the, they they released that picture of the two of them with Melissa, and and she her costume is somewhat suggestive, and people are like, "What the hell are they doing?" I'm like, "Did you see what they had Mark Hamill doing?" Yeah. <laughs> this is what Kevin Smith does. Oh, John, you don't have to cry. <laughs> okay, all right. So what they did to Carrie Fisher. <laughs> That's gonna be it for us. I, I want to thank everybody for coming. Rick, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for being here as well. I appreciate it, John. As always, <laughs> you might want to feed your dog. <laughs> no, I told you what was going to happen. Oh, the cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, stay tuned. And announcer Nate will tell you how you can do that in just a minute. Thank you to our listeners for joining us this week, and make sure you check out the next episode of Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, when you might hear John say, So, what, what we recorded like two weeks ago? Last time we recorded, um, I, I ended with a uh, phrase in Pig Latin. Did anybody translate it? No. I was driving, and I, I couldn't... Uh... Alright. Then never mind. Would have been three points to you next time you play. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.